the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You don't need a weatherman to know which way the wind blows. I guess I could also say the answer, my friend, is blowing in the wind. The answer sure ain't blowing in the wind down in Texas, though. Millions of people have no electricity, and they're dealing with single-digit temperatures, not something that they're uh, used to down there. One of the big reasons for the power outage is frozen frozen wind turbines, you know, windmills. You might say a lot of people uh, in Texas are the victims of a bad deal, maybe a bad new green deal coming. Coming up at 5.30, we'll talk to a former Pittsburgher who is now living in Austin and working in politics there. And he'll give us an eyewitness account of the nightmare and all the stuff about the windmills and what's happening with that. Meanwhile, the big guy, is uh, he's scheduled to do a town hall on CNN tonight with Anderson Cooper. That should be interesting. Now, my big question is whether Anderson will mention the name Hunter at any time during the Love Fest. I'm not betting on that. And, of course, the big question, question any time the, uh, the big guy is on stage is whether he'll be able to stay awake for the whole thing or stay co- coherent, or both. And if the non-Fox, non-Newsmax networks were capable of being embarrassed by their bias, which they're not, they'd be really embarrassed by their coverage of the big guy so far. He's been in office about a month. Somebody on Twitter put up a graphic uh, that showed four headlines from CNN. Three were from the early days of the Trump administration. One referred to the fact that he gets two scoops of ice cream when everybody else gets two at dinner. That was up there. Another had a picture of him throwing too much food into a fish tank in Japan, and apparently that was supposed to be a total embarrassment for the entire country. And then one commented on his habit of drinking 12 Diet Cokes per day not being such a good idea. So that's the kind of coverage they had on uh, Donald Trump early on. This is CNN only we're talking about here. Then it showed a headline about Joe Biden, and it read, Inside the New President's Routine. Oval Office fires and early bedtimes. Isn't that nice? And uh, it didn't include another CNN headline from the weekend on this one on this Twitter, but the one that I did see, you may have seen it, it was about the big guy beating his granddaughter in a video game. That was one of the headlines on CNN. So then you have the strolling on the grounds, by the way. I forgot about that. The st- strolling on the grounds of the White House uh, with this, with the hearts with uh, messages written on him when he was with his wife on Valentine's Day. That was major puke material there. So you might say that the big guy is enjoying a uh, a nice honeymoon right now. How embarrassed should the media be, and how long is this uh, honeymoon going to last? Well, we're going to talk about that with Jeffrey McCall, a communications professor at DePaul University and a TV critic when we come back. Stick around. You all have helped build MyPillow into the amazing company that it is today. Now Mike Lindell, the inventor and CEO of MyPillow, wants to give back to my listeners. You can get deep discounts on all MyPillow products if you go to MyPillow.com right now and click on the new radio listener specials. I use MyPillow and I'm sleeping much better lately. You can get deep discounts on MyPillows, mattress toppers, robes, and so much more. For example, they're bringing back the buy one, get one free offer for the Giza Dream Sheets. That's right. Buy one set of sheets and get another absolutely free. Remember, all MyPillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Just go to MyPillow.com and click on the new radio listener specials and get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the buy one, get one free for the Giza Dream Sheets. Enter promo code STAG or call 800-716-8087 for these great radio specials. 
Imagine doing one thing that gives you an entirely different perspective about your place in the world. Think it would be worth it? Hi, it's Mike Gallagher, hoping you can join me for a 10-day Stand with Israel tour through the land of Israel, October 2021. Join us. Get first-hand insight into Israel's fascinating past and promising future. We'll learn about the geopolitical, economic, and spiritual dynamics of one of the most fascinating countries on earth. But you'll share experiences that'll change how you read scripture. Walk the ancient temple steps. Touch the western wall. Sail on the sea of Galilee, pray on the Mount of Beatitudes. The list goes on and on. Return home inspired, renewed, and empowered. Now listen, if you've ever dreamed of seeing Israel, this is your chance. Join me October 2021 and right now register worry-free. Peace of mind guaranteed refunds up to May 8th if for any reason you want to cancel. So to come along, call 855-565-5519, 855-565-5519, or go to StandWithIsraelTour.com, StandWithIsraelTour.com. I have two dogs, Sam and Bailey. Both are golden retrievers. Poor Sam, he was a mess. Always itching. His paws were soaking wet all day from just constant licking. He had bald spots on his back. I just don't like putting shots and steroids into your dog all the time. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Dynavite is nutrition. Probably two weeks after he started Dynavite, I started seeing great improvements. And today, 99% of his issues are non-existent. It's amazing stuff. Since Bailey has been 12 weeks old, he's been a Dynavite dog. And he has zero issues today. He won't eat his food without Dynavite. When I get out the Dynavite, my dogs actually salivate. Like I'm getting them a treat. They drool over it. Dynavite is the best thing you can do for your dog. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. I get my Dynavite from D-I-N-O V-I-T-E 2021's the perfect time to add a healthy new habit to your daily wellness routine. Good nasal hygiene. We all know there's bad stuff in the air, allergens, bacteria, viruses, and that some of it's very dangerous. So what can you do to protect yourself? Well, you can clean your nose with Navage. Your nose is the body's air filter, and with Navage, you help your body defend itself by flushing out the crud and germs. I'm Martin Hoke, and I invented Navage, the world's only nose cleaner with powered suction. Navage is easy to use, affordable, and it has over 40,000 online reviews, averaging 4.7 stars. Join millions of Navage users to relieve congestion and allergies, breathe better, sleep deeper, snore less, and feel healthier without drugs. At Navage.com, CVS, Walgreens, Bed Bath, Target, and Rite Aid. You wash your hands and brush your teeth every day. Let 2021 be the year you start cleaning your nose with Navage. N-A-V-A-G-E. Clean nose, healthy life. Navage. Warning. Listening to this program may expose you to toxic masculinity. The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The answer. Donald Trump always gets two scoops of ice cream when everybody else gets one. And the big guy likes to have a fire in the Oval Office and go to bed early, as we told you in the open there. Those are just two of the uh, differences between Donald Trump and Joe Biden that CNN has told us about. There's a pretty big difference in, ta- in uh, tone between the coverage of the last two presidents. Jeffrey McCall is a professor of communications at DePaul University and a media critic for FoxNews.com and The Hill. And he joins us now. Jeff, always good to have you on. Thanks for coming back. You're welcome, John. So uh, have you noticed, or is it just me, that the networks like Joe a little better than they like Donald? Oh, it's a completely different tone. I think you're right on target there. And, uh, you know, as soon as Trump became president, uh, you know, basically CNN, the Wall Street, uh, the Washington Post, New York Times, most media outlets, kind of the mainstream traditional outlets, all kind of took on the tone of being part of the resistance. And now that Biden has been com- become president, I think all of those same news outlets view themselves now as trying to uh, promote the Biden uh, administration in ways that are a counter or a contrast to Trump. So everything Trump did was controversial, but the narrative for Biden now is that everything he's doing is stabilizing or somehow unifying. And I find that interesting because, you know, the narrative is Joe Biden's unifying the country, but we see precious little evidence of any unification really happening. And most of what he's done has been, if anything, continuing to divide or at least not heal the country at this point. Yeah, I mean, and a lot of it's being done with um, executive orders. Uh, whatever, I don't know what they're up to now. It was over 40 the last time I checked. Um, and 
the, the the response from most of the media has been cheering. And yeah, it, you know, Gil, I was going to say, you know, it's interesting, those executive orders. The traditional media reported all those things with a straight face, just kind of like, oh, here's Joe, another executive order. Here's a bunch of executive orders. These all look great. This is all just par for the course. And nobody's sitting there going like, hey, what are you doing here? <laughs> These, you're changing a lot of stuff without any input from the legislative process. Uh, and these are kind of snap judgments, and there's no accountability there. So, I mean, it was, it, it's been amazing to watch those executive orders just roll out without any scrutiny or anybody asking a question. You know, with, with a few exceptions, the Fox News reporter, for example, who maybe gets yeah. called on at the White House press conference. But most people are just reporting that with a straight face as though signing dozens of executive orders is somehow just something every president always does. Yeah, and then I think Trump had four in his first two weeks, and he had 40, something like that. Um, Now, every president gets a honeymoon, but stories about uh, Grandpa Joe beating his granddaughter in a video game seems seems a little bit beyond the pale. I mean, it's a nice story, but a heartwarming story, I guess, that Joe's a grandpa, but come on. Well, and you know, well, Trump was a grandpa too, for that matter. Yeah. But I, and again, I understand all administrations, well, except for Trump, get some honeymoon kind of at the start. But these honeymoon stories are just really kind of uh, over the top and almost nauseating at a point. You know, the as you mentioned earlier, the the carefully managed stroll on the White House lawn, yeah. you know, with with the That's, dogs uh, and the hearts well. and stuff. I'm just saying, th- th- this is all carefully managed. And I know that in the political world we live in today, managing the the government officials is part of what these paid hired gun public relations people are designed to do, but that the media is so willing to go along and play along by furthering these narratives. And, you know, it's kind of like, okay, you want to report that he took a stroll in the White House long with his shelter dog and stuff like that, and Jill Biden, fine. Uh, But at some point, somebody needs to provide some real coverage there. And frankly, there's not much real news coverage of the Joe Biden administration so far. And I mean, it, to be fair a little bit here, uh, you know, the news agenda has been filled a lot with impeachment and anger on Capitol yeah. Hill and even, even the weather and the Super Bowl. So, I mean, to a certain extent, I get that. But there should be room in any sensible news agenda for a new administration and covering seriously the decisions they are making. And we're not seeing that because... Biden really has had very limited exposure. And, you know, he makes a few of these public pronouncements and signing ceremonies, but he's had very limited exposure. I'll be very interested to see uh, whether Anderson Cooper wants to hold his feet to the fire at all tonight on that CNN town hall. But I have a feeling he won't. <laughs> that was my next question. He's he's doing a town hall on CNN tonight, as you said, uh, uh, with Anderson. Uh, what, what are the chances that Hunter's name comes up tonight? <laughs> I think very slim. Yeah. Uh, uh, if anybody wanted to put odds on that, it'd have to be uh, way up there, 100 to 1. Yeah, now, um, getting, just been real quick getting back to the, like the, the staged events like the stroll on the White House grounds. Are we, uh, have we just become too cynical? Um, I mean, I remember as a kid seeing all the, the uh, Camelot stuff with JFK and, and Jackie Kennedy, and everybody loved it, and I remember my mother just thought it was wonderful, and all my aunts who love JFK, um, they, uh, those things uh, have become so staged that has it, has it become so staged that we just, none of it seems real and it's just nothing is genuine anymore? Well, JFK really was the first president to, to kind of live in the TV era and to recognize yeah. that he was in the TV era because Dwight Eisenhower could have cared less about the press and, you know, he right. he, wanted, he wanted to be president as little as possible so he could get to play golf and of course later in his time he was ill but but nonetheless i mean we have become cynical to some extent but i think part of that is because of the way the press has been allowed it has allowed itself to be worked by publicity conscious politicians and frankly whoever's in the white house you know gets a place in the national mindset you know, as the first family and the first lady and, you know, they have charities and all that kind of stuff. And I'm, I'm not opposed to any of that or Jackie Kennedy getting attention or any of those things. My concern is that that seems to be the focus so far of the Biden administration and that there's no news coverage. And I shouldn't say no news coverage, but limited news coverage and certainly limited from the mainstream press 
of what are really important news things to be discussed now. I mean, COVID's still going on. The economy still has lots of problems. Uh, China's flying military planes over Taiwan. I mean, there are a lot of things to be covered here, and I just don't see those routinely covered to the extent you would expect on the CBS Evening News or Good Morning America or CNN or any of these other places. And the only thing we haven't seen so far is... uh the president taking a shower while he's wearing a mask. I mean, he, he, he was wearing a mask outside on the grounds there when he was walking around. He, he and his wife both had coffee cups in their hands. They were outside, nobody within 100 feet of them, and they were wearing masks. You think he's is he doing a pretty good job of pounding that message home? Well, yeah, I mean, part of it is rhetorical messaging. But what I find yeah. fascinating is that within the White House press briefing room, the White House press secretary, Jen Psaki, is not wearing a mask when she's in a closed quarter with a bunch of reporters seated around. Yeah. yeah. So with everything that's going on with uh, and we're talking to Jeff McCall, he's a professor of communications at DePaul University and he writes uh, media. He's a media critic at Fox News and he's done it for The Hill um, with everything that's going on with with Andrew Cuomo. Um, how can CNN not, I mean, and you teach, uh, uh, as I mentioned, you're a professor of communication, so you, you are teaching, I'm sure you, you cover ethics and things like this that I'm about to get into here. Uh, how can CNN not have his brother, Chris, taken off all stories about uh, Andrew? My gosh, you know, that has been a long-running mistake that CNN has just shamelessly continued to make. And, you know, I mean, you know, I, I do teach courses in electronic journalism. And one of the things we do in there is we spend time looking at ethical standards and codes of ethics. And uh, the Radio, Television, Digital News Association has a very fine one. The Society of Professional Journalists has a very fine code of ethics. And one thing that's clear in all these various journalistic codes of ethics is you don't report on things for which you have a conflict of interest. And I don't know how much more of a conflict you, of interest you could have than being trying to, trying to interview and cover it for news purposes your brother, for crying out loud. Yeah, and, 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 and there's no... There's no shame about it. Uh, last night, uh, I saw on um, Newsbusters that, I saw it somewhere, that when Chris Cuomo's show opened last night on uh, CNN, the only time the word Cuomo was mentioned was when it, the show was tossed to him by Don Lamont uh, when he, he said, and now here's Chris Cuomo. That's the only time the name Cuomo was mentioned in the next hour. <laughs> This yeah. is after what's been going on in New York with, with people, including Democrats, saying that it's time for uh, his brother, Andy, to, to resign. Yeah, and that's a, that, it's a conspicuous omission you just mentioned there. And, you know, if CNN uh, were to really step up the, to the plate here, I think it would be wise for them just as, as a news, professional news organization to step forward and make a statement you know, they've got press people, too. They've got media relations people, too. So they need to put out something to clarify, number one, how their network is going to cover this, given that one of their primetime stars is a yep. Cuomo relative, but also to put into context why they allowed this to go on for months and also whether they can cover this fairly even going forward. Now, I don't think they're probably going to do that, uh, but I think I think it would be a, you know, a magnanimous gesture if CNN were to say, you know, ethically, we've probably made some mistakes here, and it'd be good to clarify those. But, you know, that's one of the biggest gripes I have, amongst many, I suppose, of media performance in this day and age is that they are not willing to recognize mistakes, uh, and they too often the news media treat themselves as their own sacred cows. Yeah, I mean, uh, on that same subject uh, of, of ethics and recusing yourself, uh, I've always felt that George Stephanopoulos interviewing Hillary Clinton or uh, basically almost interviewing anybody in a Democratic Party but based on his background, it's like having uh, Karl Rove uh, inter interview uh, Donald Trump and then passing it off as journalism. Yeah, and Karl Rove is a good example there. And you might, you might know, of course, when you watch Fox News, Karl Rove is always brought in uh, as a commentator and my guess is he is not behind the scenes making news right. content decisions for Brett Baer's show at 6 o'clock. Uh, and George Stephanopoulos is a, a concern of long standing for ABC. Uh, but again, they've just gone about it with a straight face and like, oh, he's a journalist. And it's kind of like, well, 
you can call him a journalist, but that doesn't mean that he has changed, you know, his previous political predispositions. And frankly, they still show. I mean, it's pretty clear when you watch him do his interviews on weekends or even of newsmakers uh, on the morning on Good Morning America, his political predispositions show through. And by the way, he's welcome to have them, but he just shouldn't right. be considered a news uh, anchor uh, or a reporter. He should be listed as a commentator. He, he shouldn't be considered for the job, should he? Well, I mean, yeah, originally ABC he, he made a, a mistake. should be a commentator, not a, not a reporter or an interviewer. Yeah, when they hired him, they should have just made clear that this this was from the commentary side of things, and he is not a journalist. But they made that dis- decision, that mistake, so to speak, a number of years ago. Uh, and, and, and he has paid a tremendous amount of money to be the host of Good Morning oh, America. Huge. Uh, according to Newsbusters, uh, ABC has devoted, by the way, a total of 59 seconds to the Cuomo cover-up story. I don't know. It's been this, what's day's today? Tuesday. It's only been really, well, I think it was around this weekend, so... But on their Monday show, and so uh, and so far, including the weekend, a total of less than a minute to cover a story about a, the possibility of a governor covering up the deaths of thousands of people that may have been his responsibility. They don't yeah. think that's a big story, apparently. And, and you know, it, it, that, that's an important aspect of it, but it goes beyond that. Uh, governor Cuomo was wrong on how many hospital beds they needed and how many ventilators yeah. they needed. He was wrong on the decision to send people into nursing homes. He overstepped his authority uh, and lost a Supreme Court case in terms of restricting attendance at churches. So, I mean, he made a ton of mistakes, but the media gushed about him and gave him an Emmy for all things. Yeah. You know, for, and, you know, the sad thing here is the, the traditional media for Governor Cuomo basically served as state-sponsored news agency. Uh, you know, Sputnik International is the state-run news agency for the Russian government, and their job is to make Vladimir Putin look good. And basically, yeah. you could look at the traditional media in the last year, and they, they, they basically considered it was their mission to make Governor Cuomo look good, and mostly that was just as a contrast to Trump, who was the bad guy. And regardless of your political beliefs, uh, the Cuomo story, and for that matter, the Lincoln Project story, which they've uh, not really done much uh, coverage of either. Uh, if there's time, I'll get into that with you. But those two stories, they're the, they're the kinds, and I've worked in TV news, those are the kind of stories that had news producers doing cartwheels in the newsroom. I mean, it didn't, didn't matter who, who they liked. It just, oh, my God, what a great story. Let's get all over this. Has bias become such a factor that it's changed that that they don't even they don't even recognize or or get excited about a, a, a spectacularly good news story? There, there's As tremendous there's tremendous groupthink in the hierarchies of most major news organizations now, and you know it's it's quite a different era from when Frank Reynolds was at ABC, for example, uh, or you know. Uh, David Brinkley, even at ABC in the 60s, before he kind of got tired and bored with that, or certainly Walter yeah. Cronkite. Uh, I mean, th- that era was a golden era. And, you know, when you read the histories of those people, they were very determined journalists first, and they were willing to go where the stories led them. Not, not that they didn't have their own ideas yeah. and po- political beliefs. I'm sure they did. But they looked at a story as a story, and, you know, whoever ended up getting gored, that was their problem, not the problem of the news industry, because they felt like they owed it to the audience. And I think that's the key here is that they felt they were working for the audience as as surrogates for the public rather than to serve their corporate leaders or, you know, to grease the skids a little bit for political agendas that they were running. Finishing up here with Jeffrey McCall, professor of communications at DePaul University. Um, at what point will the non-Fox, and I guess you could say non-Newsmax now, outlets uh, have to find something or someone to replace Donald Trump to get ratings. Uh, how long are they going to be able? They can't. They can't get ratings kissing Joe's butt for for four years. No, they're not going to get ratings there uh, because there's no controversy there. And yeah, uh, you know, interestingly, you know, since the inauguration, uh, the ratings for CNN and MSNBC have been coming back to earth. And a lot of people mm-hmm. were saying, oh, they're going to have great ratings now for several years as they promote Biden, but. You know, Trump, to his credit, I think, for the moment, has kind of stayed off the radar a little bit. I mean, even during the impeachment, we didn't hear a lot from him. Uh, And I think that's probably in his best interest on several reasons at the moment. But you're right. The mainstream media is going to have to find something to cook up or find some other, you know, antagonists out there. And for now, Trump still is good for it. 
But, you know, if Trump keeps a low profile even for six or eight months, the question is, well, who, who becomes the next bad guy? Uh, and, you well, know, it, it's got to be somebody bigger than, say, Rand Paul or Mitch McConnell. Well, I'm out of time, Jeff, but I'll just throw this at you as I leave. He just released a, a statement uh, a few minutes ago calling Mitch McConnell a political hack and just trashed him. So, so that's that's what's coming next. And I, I, I don't have time to get into, into it with uh, with you on that. But, uh, you know, there he is. He's, he's the low profile may be disappearing. You know what I mean? Thanks. Thanks for being on, though, Jeff. You're welcome. Take care. Okay, that's Jeff McCall. We'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. California has opened federally supported mass vaccination sites in Los Angeles and Oakland that are intended to bring inoculations to communities hit hard by the COVID-19 pandemic. Each expected to be able to administer 6,000 vaccinations a day by the end of the week. A winter storm that has left millions without power and record-breaking cold weather has claimed more lives. The dead include three people found dead after a tornado hit a seaside town in North Carolina and four family members who perished in a Houston-area house fire while using a fireplace to stay warm. Windchill warnings extending from Canada into Mexico. At, in all, at least 14 deaths have been reported. Stocks ending a tentative day of trading with mixed results. The Dow gained 64 points, the Nasdaq dropped 48, and the S&P was down 2. This is SRN News. Excuse me, why don't you have life insurance yet? I've got diabetes, and I know the price will be through the roof for the pre-existing condition. Well, actually, SelectQuote makes it easy to get very affordable life insurance, even if you have a health issue. I'm listening. You'll get quotes from some of the country's most trusted carriers. Even with your diabetes, you can get around $250,000 in insurance for as little as a dollar a day. That would be amazing. <laughs> What's it called again? SelectQuote. Just call or go to selectquote.com to get your free quote. Get the coverage you need at a price you can afford. Call 1-800-694-1010 or go to selectquote.com today. That's 1-800-694-1010 or selectquote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Get full details on example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Monthly premiums vary based on health company and other factors. Not available in all states. Most of us didn't see this coming. In fact, we've been stunned as we watch it unfold. America's young people have become so indoctrinated that more than half of them now think socialism is a good idea. How did this happen? We weren't paying attention. All the nation's schools taught this confounding ideology to our kids. Now those kids are adults. Now they want to fundamentally change the way America works. This radio station exists to educate and to return this country to the way it was founded. We have a country to save. Keep listening to find out how. AM 1250, The Answer. You all have helped build my pillow into the amazing company that it is today. Now Mike Lindell, the inventor and CEO of my pillow, wants to give back to my listeners. You can get deep discounts on all my pillow products if you go to mypillow.com right now and click on the new radio listener specials. I use my pillow and I'm sleeping much better lately. You can get deep discounts on my pillows, mattress toppers, robes, and so much more. For example, they're bringing back the buy one, get one free offer for the Giza Dream Sheets. That's right. Buy one set of sheets and get another absolutely free. Remember, all my pillow products come with a 60 day money back guarantee and a 10 year warranty. Just go to MyPillow.com and click on the new radio listener specials and get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the buy one, get one free for the Giza Dream Sheets. Enter promo code STAG or call 800-716-8087 for these great radio specials. Fever is the leading symptom of the coronavirus, so take your temperature twice a day with the Exergen Temporal Scanner. It's quick and easy to use, and its accuracy is backed by more than 80 clinical studies. 
Have your family start and end their day with the only home thermometer used and recommended by hospitals, doctors, and nurses. Your family can take their temperatures in seconds to know where they stand in the fight against COVID-19. Protect your family from the spread of this deadly disease and stay safe with Exergen. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. WPGP Pittsburgh. CS Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or radio.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Clearing out pretty well on the parkway east and west. Mount Washington area fallen power lines. That's on Boggs Avenue near Peck Street. Collier fallen tree blocks McMichael Road between Noblestown Road and Baldwin Road. Construction blocking 34th Street in Lawrenceville area between Penn Avenue and Liberty Avenue. Oakland Bigelow Boulevard. That's closed with construction between Forbes and 5th Avenues. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer. Weather. A couple of flurries this evening. Otherwise, it'll be brisk and much colder tonight. Some clearing late with a low around 10. Very cold tomorrow. Some sunshine early, then turning rather cloudy and a high of 23. Tomorrow night, considerable clouds. A little snow late, low 21. Thursday, snow mixing with sleet and perhaps freezing rain late. Expect slippery travel with snow accumulating 3 to 6 inches, the high 31. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Yeah, it's not uh, all that often that uh, weather is the big story in Texas in the middle of the winter, but it is now. It's ridiculously cold down there. Millions of people have no electricity. Matt Makowiak lives in Austin. He's the chairman of the Travis County Republicans down there. He's also a columnist and a podcaster and a former Pittsburgher. He joins us now. Matt, thanks for coming on again. Appreciate it. Hey, buddy. How are you? Good to be with you. Good. Good. So are you a former Pittsburgher or always a Pittsburgher? I think every Pittsburgher, uh, whether they're there or not, is always a Pittsburgher. So, yeah, my, my, my dad, as you know, is from Whitehall, Baldwin area. My mother's from Pleasant Hills. Both their parents are from Pittsburgh, mostly south side. So we've got deep Pittsburgh roots, and we're proud to, proud to have been from that city. Now, uh, how does the weather there that you're having right now compare to the weather you got used to back here? Yeah, it's, it's crazy, you know, because what we're dealing with is, is an average, you know, weekday uh, in the middle of the winter in Pittsburgh. But, you know, tex- Texas rarely gets snow except up in West Texas or up in the Panhandle. Uh, but in Central Texas and in Houston, I mean, you know, we, we were dealing with on the low end six inches of snow and on the high end 12 inches, you know, in a 24-hour period. And we're simply just not built for that. I think in all the years I've lived in Austin, we've never had more than two inches of snow in any one day. I don't think I had one snow day my entire time in school from kindergarten through college. So we're dealing with a real crisis, as you've probably seen on the national news. Um, we have, you know, in Austin alone, 250,000 people without power, 4 million people around the state of Texas without power. And this has gone on now into its uh, second full day, and it's likely to continue at least in, uh, for another full day as well. Now, uh, the big problem there is the power outage, but, uh, I mean, how, how, how bad is it? Um, I mean, uh, we're talking about single digits and people going how long without heat? Yeah, it's. I mean, you know, we don't have furnaces here like they do in Pittsburgh. Um, you know, people have electric power, and if you don't have electricity, you have nothing. Fortunately, we have a, a gas uh, fireplace in, in our home in Austin, so we've been able to, to take advantage of that. But for a lot of people, uh, they are in a second full day of single-digit temperatures, no power, no heat, you know, no electricity to uh, keep their devices going. It's really, really bad. And I think, well, well I think so far we've only seen a small number of people who died, according to official statistics, I want to say less than 10 people. I imagine the numbers are far, far, far higher than that. At this point, we just don't know how many people are in really bad shape. So it's, it's, a, um, it's a very dicey situation. And in Austin alone, they're saying that we may not get power back for another week. That we may have to go an oh. entire week uh, where we are right now. I mean, that is really not survivable. Now, you say that people don't have furnaces. I mean, uh, you, they, they have, what, what do they have, space heaters? Well, I mean, it depends. I mean, some people have fireplaces. A lot of them are are, are, wood, are wood, bar, wood, bar, you know, wood burning. Very few people have their fireplaces kept up. Very people have fire. Very few people have firewood. You have to understand yeah. the winter is never bad enough that you're even putting wood in your fireplace. I mean, it's uh-huh. unless you live way up north in Texas. Most people are never even, you know, putting one fire together an entire winter. And so to be in a situation now where they don't have electricity, it is it is just, uh, you know, it's an unthinkable situation. This is a once every thirty or forty year. A weather event 
and our cities are simply not prepared. Our grid was not prepared. We've been over-reliant on solar and wind, which are great uh, when the sun shines, when the wind blows, but uh, when, when the wind turbines freeze over and when the sun can't get to the solar panel because it's iced over, those, you know, th- those sources of electricity uh, come offline. And so now they're doing rolling blackouts. In some areas, you've had you know, 36 hours of no power. Uh, it's, it's really an absolute disaster, and unfortunately, it's going to get worse before it gets better. So what happens with it? We, I don't know if I've ever experienced a rolling blackout where they've told you, look, uh, starting at tomorrow morning, you're not going to have power and it'll be turned back on 24 hours later. How does that work and how do people react to that? I mean, you're, you're told that, look, uh, that you're scheduled for a blackout on such and such a day or such and such a time and then all of a sudden your power goes out? Yeah, unfortunately, it's, in this case, it's actually not even that detailed, right? What happens is they just sort of tell you what's going to happen, but they don't give you times or days. I can tell you what's happening for my, my parents who live in northwest Travis County in, in the city of Austin where I grew up. You know, they're basically two hours on, two hours off, right? It's almost like, you know, being in a third world country. Um, it's better than nothing, right? Because you can keep your temperature up and you can use those two hours to plug, you know, charge devices and run your microwave and make food and things like that. But it's, it's a very difficult situation. Um, but even more so in parts of Austin where I am, I mean, you have people, I mean, in my, where, I, where we live, we haven't had power since 2 a.m. on Monday. And that's not going to change anytime soon. So in some parts, they're doing rolling blackouts. In other parts, they're just doing no power at all, no electricity at all. And, and no one knows when it's going to end. There are no hotel rooms in Austin. Every hotel room sold out around 11 a.m. yesterday. Uh, there's no Air- Airbnbs. There's no VRBOs. There's nothing. So you have people shivering in their home with no heat, no electricity, no hope, and no idea when it's going to end. And they're running out of food, running out of water. I mean, it's it's a really dire situation. I, I can't I can't describe it any more clearly than that. Now, how how much of all this is because of somebody's decision to go with wind power? Yeah, look, it's a little bit more complicated than that. I mean, I'd love to give you that soundbite and tell you it's entirely based on that. I do yeah. think what it says is that it's hard to, to, to see a Green New Deal type approach as one that makes, makes sense. I mean, when you look at what's happened, you, you know, Texas has, the, you know, has abundant natural gas. And natural gas is not just a clean burning fuel, but it's a very reliable fuel. Um, you know, if anything, I hope our, our, you know, our uh, public officials who look at these, these issues realize we need to use more natural gas and use less solar and less wind for these, for these very situations. Look, solar and wind will never be a baseload source of electricity because you can't rely on them. I mean, when things are going good, they're, they're great. And, and over time, they're going to become more and more and more uh, efficient. And, and uh, you know, the price is going to come down. They're going to be more competitive. But you have to have sources of fuel that can be baseload sources. And so coal and natural gas are going to be the way we continue to heat our homes, you know, 30 or 50 years from now. And John Kerry and, and uh, you know, uh, you know uh, some of these uh, sort of left-wing environmentalists don't want to hear that. You know, they want to, they want to pretend like, like those things are, are killing the planet. Well, in fact, natural gas, you know, the, the increase in use of natural gas is why we're at 1998 levels of, of emissions in the United States today. It has nothing to do with Paris, Paris Climate Accords. It um, has everything to do with ingenuity and, and, and the fact that we're using natural gas at much higher levels. And it's a very clean-burning fuel. So this is a wake-up call, and I, so I hope that we'll see not just cities but around the country people putting, you know, hitting the brakes on this idea of moving to an entirely renewable energy system because it creates some immense problems in situations like what we're dealing with right now. Well, what do you think what's happening down in Texas uh, and around where you are right now, what's that going to do to any any politician or anybody who tries to sell uh, the Green New Deal to anybody in Texas anytime soon? Yeah, it's going to be a real problem. I mean, we're going to obviously have to study this and figure out what happened. I think probably we've let our grid get away without having the kind of upgrades we needed to have. Um, there are three or four or five things that have happened here that have created this situation. It's a catastrophic failure. It's a once every 30 or 40 year storm. Um, there, there are a lot of reasons, but you're right. I do think, you know, you're going to see a consensus move towards more natural gas and less reliance on solar and wind. And that is going to make it hard for a state like Texas to move in a, in a really green direction. You have to understand Texas has actually increased its use of wind. I think at, at faster rates, even in California, I think we now produce the most wind power of any state in the country. And a big part of that is we have, you know, vast areas of land in West Texas where wind turbines are not uh, a problem. They're not uh, unsightly. Uh, you know, you have, you have cheap land, uh, and there's an ability to do that. So, uh, again, no one, I don't think a lot of people are prepared for, for wind turbines to freeze over and stop blowing entirely. 
but obviously to, there are wind turbines that, that don't freeze over. They're just more expensive. And of course, in Texas, you don't think your wind turbine is going to, uh, to freeze over. If it happens once every 30 or 40 years, that's a pretty rare event. Yeah, but uh, all you need is once, especially if people start right. dying because of it. That's, uh, um, that's right. I, I saw a video of a helicopter. Somebody made the point that this is a helicopter running on fossil fuels, flying up to the top of a, uh, of a turbine to spray it with a chemical made with fossil fuels to thaw <laughs> out the turbine that's made with fossil fuels. So uh, people think yeah. that these turbines just show up, you know, they grow, they come up, you plant a seed or something, you know, and it's, right. it's green energy. It doesn't work that way, well, does it? I'm, all, I'm always reminded of that, of that when it comes to electric vehicles as well, right? I mean, everybody thinks they're saving the world by driving an electric vehicle, and I'm not against yeah. them. Uh, someday I'll yeah. drive one too, I'm sure. But, yeah. you know, they're also being charged with electricity in the garage at home. Or, or, you know what I mean? Where do you think that electricity comes from? It's not from wind turbines and solar power. It's from coal, primarily, and natural gas. So, you know, we got, we got to grow up and, and be honest about what is and what is truly renewable and what the public policy effects are of moving in a green direction. We're talking to Matt Makoviak. He's uh, talking to us from Austin, Texas, where things are really bad. How, how, uh, how, how much of Texas is being, being affected by this, Matt? Now, how widespread I mean, I is this? All, yeah. Oh, I'd say the whole state. I mean, I think I saw El Paso was in the 30s uh, this morning. I don't know why it's warmer there, but it's, it, you know, we're, we've been in the teens most of the day. It's going to be snow tonight, sleet tomorrow, and I think by, by, by you know, Thursday or Friday, it's going to start to warm up a little bit, and by Saturday, be back up in the 40s or 50s. But, you know, look, these, these, these crews can't even get in to, to really, you know, start to, start to you, know, you know, reconnect the, 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 the power lines. And so it's going to be several days before they can even start getting in. You have trees that have come down. You have, you know, huge problems. It just goes on and on and on. So, yeah, it's, it's a statewide problem. And it's not just Texas. It's Kansas. It's Oklahoma. It's Arkansas. It's, it's you know, across the central and south, southwest and even southeast parts of the country. Well, I've been in Texas in the summertime. And people in Pittsburgh who have never been down to those areas, uh, Oklahoma, Texas, uh, not to mention Florida and, and the Carolinas and Georgia, all that down there. In Louisiana, I've been there, too. I've spent a summer in Louisiana. Now, you don't know heat until you've been to those places. So why mm. is it just the freezing of these turbines that's causing the problem? Uh, otherwise, you know, do they work well enough for the air conditioning? Because you got to have air conditioning. They do. Yeah, they work well in the summer. Of course, when the sun's shining like that, you're getting maximum uh, energy from solar panels, right? So, you know, yeah, I mean, there, these, these things go, come and go in waves, right, at times. But, but yeah, in the summer, I mean, look, we do have pressure in the summer because people are running air conditioning around the clock, and it's, it can be, you know, 30, 45 days of weather over 100 degrees, so it can be really yeah. challenging on the grid. But I'd say seven or eight months out of the year, we're, we're, we're in pretty good shape. It's just when we're in these crazy situations that are really unprecedented, the grid is just simply not able to handle it, and the difference between demand and supply is so narrow to begin with but when you get in a catastrophic situation like this, it just can't handle it. Well, you've been uh, outspoken about Austin uh, city government's con- contribution to the homeless problem. Uh, they've got a huge homeless problem down there. How's, how's that coming into play right now? Yeah, I mean, you can imagine a homeless person that's being told to, uh, that a tent is a home who's living in a, under a bridge and, you know, on a major highway or, or you know, on a street or on the side of a highway isn't feeling really good about sleeping in a tent two nights in a row in single degree weather. A lot of them have been moved to the city library and to other facilities, warm, warm, you know, warm shelter type facilities, but it's, it's not sustainable. It's a huge, it's a huge disaster. And of course we're trying to really be one of the first cities in the country that passed a camping ordinance to say homeless people can camp anywhere to then overturn it. And we're now on the ballot on May 1st. I've spent 11 months of my life working on this. We took an enormous amount of work to get on the ballot and we now have 10 weeks to, to convince the majority of the citizens that reinstating the camping ban is not just good for the residents, but it's also good for the homeless. Uh, telling someone that they can camp, you know, in, in nine degree weather last night or 110 degree weather in July is simply not compassionate. These people need to be getting help. They need to be in shelters. They need to be getting services like mental health treatment, drug and alcohol abuse treatment, and they're not getting those things now. So our cities, uh, like a lot of progressive cities, uh, it's, you know, following the model of Los Angeles and Seattle and those other cities, and it's, it's failing. Um, we've, had, we've seen our homeless population double in the last 18 months, it's going to double again in the next two years if we don't uh, turn this around and fix the mess. And and I, th- I think I've spoken to you about this before, but is it the mayor or the Democratic City Council or both that, that basically invited homeless people and said, come on in, you know, we'll take care of you? Well, we won't take care of you. We'll let you camp on the street. 
Yeah, I mean, they pretend that, that they're, they pretend that that's not what's happening, uh, but it's exactly that that which is happening. Um, you know, we basically have seen our population explode in the last 11 months. It actually doesn't have anything to do with COVID because if you ask any police officer in Austin, they'll tell you that they're coming from all over the country. They're being put on buses by nonprofits, by cities. They're coming from other Texas cities. You know, we are seen as a, you know, uh, kind of a anything goes kind of city, uh, you know, for homeless people. Um, and, you know, I don't know why we'd want to take uh, an intractable problem like homelessness and, 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 and have that problem grow and basically double that population in 18 months. It's simply not sustainable. You know, the city of Los Angeles has 100,000 homeless people. And, and I understand, as I understand, the county of Los Angeles has a million homeless people. I mean, they are simply never, and I mean never, going to solve that problem. They will never solve the issue of homelessness. At that, at that scale, that problem will be there for your grandkids to, to witness if they ever travel to Los Angeles. And that's, just, yeah. that's a sad thing for the third largest city in the country. And Austin, um, what are the what are the non-homeless people in Austin? Why do they keep electing people who keep inviting this problem into town? Yeah, they're starting to wake up. Um, but but yeah, I mean, this is an issue that we have to we have to work on. We have to educate people. I think generally they like electing progressives. Austin thinks of itself as a progressive city, uh, and it is in a lot of ways. I mean, you know, it's it's a democratic city. We have had you know consistently progressive elected officials. But I think you're seeing a silent majority of Austinites wake up and say, you know what, we don't want to see our police budget cut by a third. We don't want to see our property taxes increase 20% in perpetuity, which they just passed in November. We don't want to see the homeless population double and, and have our city you know, destroyed by these tents and, and, and this camping. So I do think there's a silent majority that's waking up, and May 1st is going to be the first opportunity for us to demonstrate that. But then we're going to have to you know, we'll start winning elections in, uh, in November of 2022 to elect a, a new majority of the council and a new mayor. Yeah, well, I'm out of time, Matt, but um, it, it's a, it sounds like a great uh, example of progressive ideas sounding pretty good, but not working out all that well. You know? Not working in practice. That's exactly right. Good to talk to you. All right, Matt. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. That's Matt Makowiak, and we'll be right back. I think we can all agree that a lot went wrong in 2020. But you can start 2021 off right with a resolution to help protect your identity and personal info using LifeLock Identity Theft Protection. The sad truth is one in five people have been a victim of identity theft. But LifeLock alerts you to potential threats to your identity. And they see more than you can when you just monitor your credit. Like your info for sale on the dark web. And if there's a problem, LifeLock's U.S.-based restoration specialists know the steps to take to help resolve your case. Of course, no one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But LifeLock is the New Year's resolution that helps you protect what you've worked so hard for. Get 25% off your first year with promo code SMART at LifeLock.com. That's promo code SMART for up to 25% off at lifelock.com. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-555-2085. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes or overweight or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-555-2085. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-555-2085. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds, too. Call 800-555-2085. 800-555-2085. As life gets back to normal and we start heading back to work, don't leave your leftover stash of toilet paper exposed to rodents. Send them packing the most humane way with Plug-In Pest Free. G'day, I'm Scott from Plug-In Pest Free, the electromagnetic device that utilises the active wiring in your home or business to keep rodents and pests away. 100% chemical free and environmentally friendly. Just plug it in. It's that simple. 
My strongest performer, the Pro Unit, is good for most homes and small businesses up to 4,000 square feet. Now that's fair income. Is your home or business protected? If not, order yours today at gopestfree.com. Use promo code SAVE20 for 20% off. That's gopestfree.com, promo code SAVE20. gopestfree.com, promo code SAVE20. Don't spray and regret. Plug in and forget. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 3388 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 3388. Enjoy! This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The answer. Only in America in 2021 would you find someone, a man who, pretending to be a woman, it's an MMA fighter, uh, who, in a fight with a woman, crushed her skull and also and almost killed her, uh, have her, him, be referred to as the bravest athlete in history. That's what somebody is calling uh, Fallon Fox. He is a transgender uh, woman who fights women in the ring and beats them up for money. And he's being called brave by this, uh, this guy, Sid Ziegler. He's a co-founder and blogger at OutSports. That's an LGBT site. Uh, he said that, uh, sh- that Fallon Fox is still the bravest athlete in history. Said that uh, putting up with injuries, it was awfully tough, but now she is ready to come back and beat the hell out of women for money. And, I mean, if you've seen a picture of this person, for anybody to call this person a woman and to think that that person should be in, in, a, in an enclosed area fighting a woman, you have to be completely insane. Or you have to be Joe Biden or Kamala Harris because they both think it's okay. And that's why they are all for the Equality Act. So, hey, Democrats out there. Please defend this. Defend this. Find this story and defend it. Unbelievably stupid. Talk to you tomorrow. The John Staggerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group.